0: What one. What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here, The Spirit, presented to you by NoelGameday.com. We are here on a glorious, sunny Sunday here in Tallahassee after Florida State takes down Duquesne 47 to 7 to kick off the 2022 campaign. The first season opening win since 2016 when Florida State went down to <laughs> Orlando. And played against Ole Miss. So, yes, it has been a minute since we've been able to start off the season like this. It feels, it definitely feels good to start off the season as Florida State and Montero take care of business against Duquesne as expected. With me this afternoon is Dustin Lewis, our editor in chief at nolgande.com under the Sports Illustrated Network. How are we doing, d I know you couldn't make it to the game yesterday, but we're hoping that you're going to get re-energized for next weekend. But how are you doing, man?
1: Doing all right. Um, obviously, the full tranquilities of my voice aren't going to make it to this podcast just because I've been dealing with some serious congestion the, the last couple of days. But it was a really impressive opening win for Florida State to start the year. I thought that was exactly, whenever we were on here on Wednesday night, that was exactly what we talked about, what we wanted to see Florida State do, which is come out and simply dominate, uh, put their put their foot on Duquesne's neck early and, you know, get that game over with. And that's what we saw, starters route by the third quarter. Got some work in there for Tate Rodemaker, A.J. Duffy, a bunch of guys in the second and third team. So I thought that was exactly what Mike Norvell wanted to get out of that game. And you, you came out of it relatively healthy as well.
0: Yep. So what we're going to be doing this year is hopefully at least from after Saturdays, we'll come in and do a recap for you guys. Uh, the day after, I know we sometimes did them last year. It all depends, like whenever Florida State goes against LSU, we'll most likely be doing an instant reaction to that whenever we get back to the hotel that night at whatever time that will be. But throughout the season, we're going to try to give you guys a preview and then a reaction, then we'll go into the game previews on Wednesday night. So we're going to get a lot of content for you guys on the podcast platform and, of course, live here too. So just not the audio version, you get to see our awesome awesome faces. But let's, let's start dialing in here and digging through some of the things that stood out to us, Dustin, because, you know, you start off with a rain delay. I mean, you had a kickoff at 630. So an hour and a half uh, layover from, you know, Florida State was, you know, going through warmups and then you had the lightning strike. Everybody goes in. You had the student section, which shout out to the student section. That was pretty impressive for them to be out there for that entire time going through it it's Tallahassee and FSU students. If there's a lightning strike, uh, you know, th- isn't really going to bother them much, but they stayed in the stands and Mike Norvell specifically gave them a shout out uh, at the presser last night, him also talking about the marching chiefs. He thought there was a lot of good energy and, you know, some of the players like Treshawn Ward said, it really helped them throughout the game. And, you know, Florida state took care of business. You know, we were talking about it before in the game preview. What was a win out of a game win against Duquesne? Like, what what do you, what do you get out of that? And I think you saw a lot of positives uh, more than you see the negatives. You see a team that's fairly disciplined. You know, you saw the Jerry and Jones uh, late hit there on the sideline right in front of Mike, Mike Norvell. You know, the Mike wasn't going to have that. But for the most part, this team is disciplined, and that's something that has been a big-time change in the last two years of really staying focused and not causing silly penalties. I thought overall this team looked focused for – if you go back to last year, and I know it's Jacksonville State, this is Duquesne, different caliber of an opponent, but my main thing was looking at the focus, the determination, and not having silly penalties, and Florida State did that on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I agree, and like you said, only five penalties for 55 yards. A couple of them came in the fourth quarter when the game was well out of reach, and yeah, you had that dumb one from Jerry and Jones and an awful call. I will say, on Azari Thomas downfield where he got a pass deflection and it somehow turned into a pass interference. So he kind of got screwed there. But overall, it was a pretty pretty clean night for Florida State. And I was very impressed with the offensive line and the defensive line. I felt like they did exactly what they needed to do, which is dominate up front the offensive line. I mean, we're going to talk about that running game in a little bit. Created 406 yards and six rushing touchdowns, which is just absolutely insane. And the defen the defensive line, they didn't rack up the biggest stats on the night. But I saw a guy like Robert Cooper driving back his matchup every single play. I mean, it was very impressive.
0: Yeah, uh, I want to go through let's let's go through Jordan Travis a little bit here because he goes 11 for 15. I'm gonna go ahead and bring up the stat sheet so everybody can view on the stream if you're watching from that way. But well, I said
1: right, 15 passes.
0: Yeah, right there. Yeah, they said they limited right there at 15, capped him out there 11 to 15, 207 yards. Um, also had a rushing touchdown, too, in the game. Uh, connected well with Johnny Wilson deep on that play. Johnny Wilson did have a drop there. The ball was put right Mm -hmm. in Johnny Wilson's hands, from at least from what I could see all the way up there, a drop. And that was something that immediately just Ugh, it's, it's irritating me because we see it through practice, making these plays left and right, but when it comes under light, sometimes that happens, but he makes up for a 51-yard catch from J.A. Trav to Johnny Wilson. He gets dinged up, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, we've you know, we got the latest from Mike Norrell after the game on Johnny, Johnny Wilson's availability going into next week against LSU, but he gets dinged up, but a really nice, impressive play there from Jordan Travis. I thought J.T. just... It's crazy the... Different type of Jordan Travis there is now, dilu from two years ago. This guy used to be a running machine. Now he's staying, and he's going as far as he can, connecting with, what was that, Wyatt Rector there on the sideline? I mean, he's mm-hmm. taking as long as he can. Usually he tucks that and runs, but he's staying with his eyes downfield. Exactly what we've been trying to tell you guys at practice is something that he's been working on. Coach Tokars has been doing a good job with Jordan Travis, trying to stay in that pocket, but then if it collapses, he's continuing to roll out and try to find – Uh, A wide receiver, tight end, running back down the field. But, uh, you know, a game manager on Saturday, I call him, you know, for Jordan Travis.
1: He's definitely a lot more comfortable in the pocket compared to um, previous seasons. And it just kind of reminds me of how he looked down the stretch of 2021 when his uh, arm really started to blossom. And that was the Jordan Travis that we saw last night. I I thought for the most part he was on the money. Uh, Like you said, Johnny Wilson dropped one. Cam McDonald had a drop of the line of scrimmage. I think he missed a throw um, in the end zone. But other than that, it was a pretty clean night for Jordan Travis. Had some really good preci- precision on a couple of those deep balls to Johnny Wilson and also Poitier. And how about Poitier? Four catches, career-high 84 yards. Really good night for him. Catches a 48-yard pass, almost gets into the end zone there. The receivers definitely showed some things. Micah Pittman got involved early. Deuce Span made a couple of plays. So, the tra- all three of those transfers that we were talking about came in and made some plays and then some of the other receivers as well
0: yeah the the receivers definitely i mean the flashy one to me is, is portier and we see that happen when we saw it go through camp like that but for him and jordan travis to connect as well as they did was really impressive and that throw from j trav going in the red zone there that was that was pretty. That was a pretty ball from Jay Trav. And that and that's what you want to see from Jordan Travis. You one thing, a few things I did not like from Jordan Travis, and it's and I think Coach Tokars, Coach Norvell on the same page with me. There was two hits that he should have never taken yesterday. You know, you got to get rid of that ball. And I understand that's that's where I talked about it too. I was like, I don't want him to keep on looking downfield. When you need to tuck it, you need to tuck it. And played safe, but there was times where he's just still rolling out and he got popped twice, and there's no need whatsoever. I think Coach Tokars and Norbell almost having heart attacks there. They, they'll they look back at film. That will be fixed. I mean, the lucky thing is, though, he's healthy. He'll be fine going into LSU, so that's good. But still, for the rest of the season, though, this, this the LSU game is not the entire season. He needs to make sure that he's protecting himself because, like we saw outside of Jordan Travis – it's not so pretty from what's behind there in the backup room. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably one of my biggest knock on Jordan Travis from Saturday night if I had to give him one.
1: I'm with you. And then he had a scramble as well where he probably should have slid and instead he takes a hit to the lower body. So that's something that you're going to want to limit throughout the season. You can't let those hits kind of add up. Because as you said, the quarterback situation behind Jordan Travis is pretty concerning. Tate Rodemaker, two out of six. 15 yards, uh, stares down his receiver and throws that interception that really got Duquesne its only points of the entire night. And, you know, we just didn't really get to see enough from A.J. Duffy in this one. But he did get one, one series worth of work, had a nice little play where he showed some patience to stay in the pocket, rolling out, and then finding the receiver downfield and then scrambling as well. But maybe we'll get to see some more of Duffy as the season goes on. And that's why I told you on Wednesday night, Logan, It won't surprise me at all if A.J. is ahead of Tate by the end of this year.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they're going to give him some playing time later on, and we'll see also, more importantly in practice, is what they end up doing there. Uh, Let's talk about this uh, the stars of the game, practically. Uh, Let's start staying on offense here. Running back room. Hello. I mean. All of them. it goes running back room. And then I got to give a shout out to offensive line. Cause I mean, we were given a whole ton of love to Ward as they, as they deserved it. Treshawn Ward, Trey Benson, Lawrence Toafili. you know, those guys were just consistently doing things through camp. And then it translate onto the field, but you look at the blocking too. And that's why I can't wait to go back and watch film today and see how well they did. Cause it just felt like there was holes for days. And we understand yep. this is Duquesne. This is Duquesne. This is going to be, a different caliber opponent than what you're facing next Sunday, but still impressive to see the chemistry. I think that's a big thing. The um, communication there on the line and the chemistry and guys also being shuffled around pretty early. Cause you see Darius Washington go out, uh, didn't get to play for too long there, but he comes out. We'll have an update later on in the show on him, but you're shuffling guys out. You have Jason's Tarantine going in. You have Dylan Gibbons go there at center. And it seemed like things were continuing to go in a rhythm. Whereas if you go back to last year, D Lou, when you, you were shuffling guys in there, it was all over the place. You know, it wasn't pretty. Jordan Travis is having to scramble. I thought there, this is a nice warm up tune up game. So if this were to happen next Sunday and throughout the rest of the season, you could see that the depth that they built this offseason is working into fruition to be a success. And Coach Atkins and Norvell did a really good job this offseason of putting guys where they need to be. But guys with experience, you have Jasson Turrentine in there, going there at guard. And I thought, just out of a few plays that I've seen on Twitter and on YouTube, some of the the pulls that he was having, also some of the, uh, not the pulls, but uh, some of the blocks that he was going through for the run game looked really nice and solid. He was turning the uh, defender and opening up there uh, for Armella to uh, uh, ride around and grab his block, so. A couple of things just to note there on that offensive line and, of course, the running back room. The offensive line, they dropped off last year whenever they had
1: players out of lineup. And in the spring, we saw the same thing. And That's why Florida State, they went and hit that transfer portal again. They went and got Jasmine Turnitine. They went and got Demetri Emanuel to shore up that offensive line. And they played big roles last night for Florida State. And they're going to play a lot of football for the Seminoles throughout the year, as well as um, Bless Harris, Robert Scott. I thought they were tremendous last night. Dylan Gibbons had his moment. So really some veterans up there on that offensive line showed out for Florida state in a big way. And, you know, it was only Duquesne, but they did not create running lanes like that a year ago against Jacksonville state. I will say that. So they haven't created holes like that since Mike Norvell has been here. That was an extremely impressive performance from the offensive line. You get three running backs, which credit to the running backs for how hard they ran. It was, that was impressive as well, but three running backs, over 100 rushing yards for the first time in school history. Like I said earlier, 406 yards on the ground. I mean, it just blows my mind. Absolutely insane
0: night running the ball. Yeah, they found tons of success. And, uh, you know, look at Treshawn Ward. You know, obviously the, the person that everybody was keeping an eye on was Trey Benson. And he was the one that everybody was kind of freaking out for the take that coach david johnson florida state's running backs coach norvell did bringing him from oregon after a really nasty injury that he went through and going through rehab and they felt like he was going to be 100 percent going through spring and then going through camp this fall and sure enough he looked he looked apart and he got i think in the first series they're going the red zone he got popped at that lower half of his body and i was like okay that's he got away what they got right back up. And that was like, okay, get that out of the way. And now you know it's full go from here for the rest of the season. You always need that as a football player. If you go through an injury and you got to bounce back up, you're like, okay, that that's done. We're back and back hundred percent. So Trey looked good. I mean, that, that's an impressive. He he he's not easy to tackle, D Lou. I mean, how many broken tackles did he go through on Saturday night? Do we is there a stat sheet for that? <laughs> I don't see.
1: It. I do not see one on the stat <laughs> broadcast, but it was a ton. I've I counted probably four times that he got hit in the backfield by at least one defender, if not multiple defenders. And I'm like, all right, well, here's the first time that Florida State's gonna have a negative run. Oh nope, Trey Benson slips out of it, goes by five more guys, and then somehow gets a first down. I mean, just he's a powerful runner, and you know, Treshawn Ward looked really good out there. He was getting through guys, throwing that spin move. But, I mean, Trey Benson was just different with the way that he was taking contact and running through that Duquesne defense. He got put in some really tough situations and turned it into 9.5 yards per carry, which was the most on the entire team. Very good performance from him. We saw what he did in the spring. Uh, no drop-off coming into the fall and hits that 43-yard run, get to see the Jets a little bit.
0: Trey Ward's backspin look nasty. <laughs> Something that stands out to me from last night was Jashawn Ward's backspin, man. That was, that was dirty. That was everything. You, you just see the just different kind of, it's like a Swiss Army knife here. And different guys have different kind type of capabilities. And I thought, you know, Brendan from 247 asked a really good question of each guy describing their plays to each other. So, you know, I had to- Toa Philly talking about Trey Benson. You had Trey Ward talking about Toa Philly. And a lot of them just characterizing they're different type of talents. And, you know, a lot of them, the guys talking about Trey Benson, you say, you know, he's a pow- powerful back man. And, and it helps them whenever you're able to have a guy like Mike Norvell who is going to focus on that run game. You've got coach Atkins who's rebuilt this offensive line and has depth now and has talent and experience. You can do a lot of things with this running back room To where Now you're looking at Jordan Travis, 11 yards rushing. He was Florida State's leading rusher last year. You don't have to worry about getting him dinged up. He can work as a passer, which he did last night. And he wasn't in there. Well, he had one more series there inside Doak, I believe, after uh, the first half. And then you're trotting out there Tate Rodemaker. So you're having, you know, if Jordan Travis is out there the whole entire game, Florida State's putting up 60 easily. So I'm just making sure that's out there because I saw some people like, oh, my God, we didn't score enough if you keep your starters out there, that's the way, but you you want to get some of these guys out of there as quickly as possible to be prepared to be prepared for next week. But that's the thing, man, you don't, you don't have to use Jordan Travis to, to run around anymore. And th- the scary thing is though, if you need him to do it, he will. And that's where defenses are going to have to start preparing very smart for, for Florida state and how Mike Norvell calls games. And I thought, Mike, there were some play calls that looked good, man. There was some pretty ones. I want to go back and watch film, but there were some things where I was like, okay, Mike, and you got to think about it now. Killing Dillingham is not here. This is solely focused on Mike and calling games. And I liked how things went on Saturday night, just specifically in that run game and how the offensive line clicked there, opening up holes. If you have holes like that, you know, I don't want to say any running back, but a call it collegiate running back can do some things when the holes like that are being made that Florida State was putting on the line last night.
1: Yeah, Florida State's offensive line created an opportunity, and the running backs uh, did the rest. They really showed out there. And like you said, I thought Norvell did a really good job with the play calling, but he also kept it pretty vanilla. So there's not really going to be a ton that LSU is going to be able to take away from this game other than Florida State. is probably going to try and run the ball a lot. Uh, I think they'll be looking at those running backs. But outside of that, I don't think the Seminoles gave away a ton of what they plan to do offensively in New Orleans.
0: Let's jump over Any, anything else offensively to you, D'Lo, before we jump over the defense. And um, you know, we talked wide receivers. Um, I anything. would just sum it up. You know,
1: six hundred and thirty-eight yards, thirty-three first downs. You average over eight yards a play. It was a hell of a night for this to State offense. And I will, I will say again, this is exactly what you wanted to see coming into this game against Duquesne, you wanted the offense to come out and dominate, come out and dominate early. And they did that in the entire game outside of some struggles whenever Tate Rodemaker was inserted in there. But even then, I I think he was able to lead. Was it a – it was a field goal or a touchdown drive on the back of the running backs, of course. So, you do want to see the quarterbacks continue to improve throughout the year, but a lot of positive
0: signs – from the unit as a whole to begin the 2022 season. Yep. Very nice. Very nice on the ground there for Florida state. Uh, Let's go over to the defensive side and a few standouts that come to me right away. Jamie Robinson. I mean, PBU city from him. I thought just looked sharp, smart player. You know, they also had, they were running three safeties out there, which um, I can't say other stuff to that, but three safeties. They had, Jamie Robinson kind of dropping down in a linebacker position or bringing down pressure. Uh, That seemed to work pretty well. And they had Shaheen Brown and Akeem Dent back there. But for the most part, too, Jamie Robinson and coverage was really, really nice. Uh, You know, he almost came away with an interception, too. But Jamie stands out to me uh, on Saturday. And that's exactly what you want from a guy that had the chance to go to the league. He comes back really focused, and I think Mike Norvell and him have a really close relationship. There's a lot of respect for one another. That's a fiery guy, and that's what you like to have on that defense. And he was over there making some plays and and causing a lot of trouble for Duquesne to get down the field. And overall, too, let's talk about third downs. You know, Florida State, looking at it right here, this is probably one of my favorite things of maybe on the stat sheet. One out of ten for Duquesne on Saturday night. When is the last time that's happened? When is the last time that I know it's FCS opponent? Blah blah blah. But I don't really give a damn. I'm taking that stat, and I'm loving it. If I'm a Florida State fan, that's that's exactly what you what you like to see there from Florida State's defense. Because every every no matter what, FSU fans when they look at third down there. On the ESPN broadcast, you're like, oh, my good God, here comes a first down for the opponent. But Florida State did a good job, one of ten there. Who stood out to you? Overall thoughts on the defensive play, Delo. For me, uh, like I said earlier, it was the
1: defensive line. Um, They didn't generate a ton of tackles for loss, a ton of sacks, but it was just the pressure that they were putting on that Duquesne offense throughout the entire game. Robert Cooper, Joshua Farmer. Were two for me that were consistently getting through that front line. Jared Verse made some plays as well. Derek McClendon, really a couple guys on the defensive front. Pat Payton uh, shined on Saturday night, which is what we wanted to see coming out of a camp where we thought the defensive line was as deep as it had been in quite a couple years. You know, there was some expected drop off um, on the edges, especially with this being the first game for Jared Verse at Florida State and the first time Derek McClendon is in such a significant role on the defense but I thought they did what they needed to do and I'm not discrediting the defense for only getting one sack if you look at the way Duquesne played that football game there was a premium on getting the ball out quick they weren't letting Florida State put a lot of pressure on that quarterback so I think as the season goes on you'll you'll be able to see
0: more sacks yeah. Jared Verse coming away with a sack. I don't think that's much of a shocker. Uh, he told us yesterday, last night that uh, he said he called himself out. Said there were some mistakes that he needs to make. And he said, that, I'm calling out the whole entire defense. They cannot have these certain mistakes that they were making lead over into the LSU game. And so, you know, he's, he's holding everybody accountable. And that, that number is going to go up there, but yeah, I think some Florida state fans a little worrisome about maybe the sack amount there after we've been talking very highly of the defensive line, but like you noted on, and I think there's a stat out there of how quickly Duquesne was getting that ball out. Like it was quicker than the average from last year of all teams in college football. So they were getting that ball out quick. They did their, they did their work. They did their homework and knowing that, yeah, let's probably get the ball out quick before Robert Cooper, or Fabian love it, snaps our quarterback in half. So a smart idea there from Duquesne to get the ball out. Miami didn't really do that last year. Looking back at them because, you know, they're going to use their talents with Tyler Van Dyke throwing the ball. And that allowed for sacks to come through. So there's kind of the difference there between opponents and preparing for Florida state's defensive line this year. Let's see if that happens when we get over there in new Orleans on what they want to do uh, offensively with whoever's going to be a quarterback. Uh, it could be Jaden, Dan- I'm, I'm fingers crossed it's Jaden Daniels. I, uh, yeah, like you said, Pat Payton. I've been been high. I've definitely been high on Pat Payton since the spring. I thought he, I thought he stood out and put on size and got to see him come away with sacks all throughout camp. And then you see him make some plays on Saturday night. I thought he looked solid. Tatum Bethune too uh, looks the part. I, I think he might have been one of the s- most secret steals in this transfer portal that across the whole in co- entire college football world. I mean this guy at at the right times at the right moments. I mean there was one play where he's going 15 20 yards uh to the other sideline and comes away almost with a tackle for loss. Like he he just reads the the backfield really well and which ways blocks are going to. He gets out of those and he goes for the tackles and he's tied there with Jared Verse, Jamie Robinson, Tatum or uh, Mari Gainer, uh, Omar Graham, junior too, true freshman worth noting and DJ Lundy for the most tackles on the game all tied at four but Tatum Bethune dude he he looks the part and that's exactly what you want to have him come in as next to Kalen Deloach who had a breakout year last year and, and Kalen Deloach too I, I gotta note Kalen Kalen was everywhere also mm-hmm. Um, those two linebackers stood out to me in that room the most and I want to watch more of Lundy because there's some things that we don't notice but he's still tied up there at four with the tackles, the linebacker room I think, had a nice night. You know, a gainer had a few struggles here and there. I want to go back and watch that because I saw some tweets here and there on what was going on and didn't get to really see it. And the press box, once that rain came and then the rain was gone, we were getting fogged out of our minds. I mean, we, we could barely see down there on the field. The binoculars did not help, but uh, that linebacker room, you got to like what you saw for the most part.
1: Good night, and uh, DJ Lundy was actually the one I was going to bring up alongside uh, those two that you mentioned, because I I thought he had a terrific night, came up, delivered um, a big hit in that first half for Florida State. But yeah, Amari Ganner got caught a couple times with some misdirection runs by Duquesne, uh, got caught looking in the backfield, and they were able to take advantage of it. And then he got banged up, so we'll continue to monitor his availability uh, going forward.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just some few things here on injury-wise. So, Johnny Wilson talked about him earlier, at least from my end and getting down there on the sideline at the end of the game. Uh, you know, him walking, yes, it's gingerly, but I they would have had him in a boot. They would have had him in a brace, whatever, if it was something severe. But I think he just rolled the ankle. There's no reason for him to go out there anymore in that game anyways. So, they kept him on the sideline. I would expect him to be available for next Sunday. We'll see how that goes, and hopefully we'll get an update from coach tomorrow on that during the press conference. And then you also had Darius Washington go out of the game early for fourth state center. He was walking around fine. Nothing on him. Uh, might've been upper body. We'll have to go back and check, but uh, you know, there's some optimistic optimism there that keep him on the sideline. Don't make anything worse and hopefully have him available for Sunday. And then the one that probably keep an eye out here is Amari Gaynor was seen with crutches and had a boot on uh, something to monitor throughout the rest of the week so we'll keep an eye on that on that injury so we'll see you're hoping you know two out of three maybe you're good to go you got to hope that it's nothing severe for amari gainer because you still got to have depth there it's it's starting to limit there right now after losing steven Dix jr for the entire season and then you, you just can't you don't want to lose another one like that in two weeks so um we'll, we'll continue to monitor that d lou yep We'll
1: see if Norvell provides some updates uh, tomorrow during the press conference.
0: What do you think about the defensive back room, Dustin? Because we just talked about Jamie. Um, you had Kevin Knowles out there too, who I thought looked really looked nice there in tackling. Nothing too crazy from from the coverage aspect of things, but you know, you saw Darian Jones. He makes that silly mistake of the late hit. No, no reason for that whatsoever. Ever, ever, ever. ever. Um, and as uh, a, Thomas with that, I'm going to go ahead and say it a great play on the ball. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what we're doing. I mean, it, <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. If you have a finger grazed on someone's Jersey, I guess it's pass interference. I'm not going to go too hard on the refs, but, uh, that was just a good play there by Thomas, the true freshman. And you can just see his length, a man that comes to an advantage. And I think you're at, you know, you Azari is going to play a lot this season. I don't think he'll be fully registered. I I, he's going to be playing quite a bit this upcoming season for Florida State, along with Sam McCall. But it just seems like Azari is just a step ahead in that aspect at the corner position. Both of those guys are
1: going to work their way into the rotation eventually. And, um, you know, I thought it was a pretty, pretty good day overall for the defensive backfield. You only give up 71 passing yards against Duquesne. But Jerrion Jones, like you said, he made that mistake with the penalty, but he also got caught downfield in coverage a couple of times. Greedy Vance almost got caught, but the receiver dropped the pass. I'm not sure who um, caught the touch or who the wide receiver caught the touchdown over. I'm going to have to go back and watch that play. But still, the biggest play of the night that you give up is 22 yards. I would say that's something that defensive Adam, defensive coordinator Adam Fuller will take any day of the week. You only give up 164 total yards on the entire night. You know, there were a couple questionable plays, but overall it was a productive night for the defense.
0: What What did you think about uh, right off the bat, Mike going for two to start off the game like that?
1: Yeah, I'd, honestly, I was uh, working on the live update article and I was typing something, and then they I wasn't even really paying attention because I was expecting an extra yep. point. And they went for two, and I was like, what just happened?
0: <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't see that i was getting the tweet out for the touchdown for jordan travis and i look up and i look at maddox i'm like what We're just what's going on what just happened why is wyatt rector running over there what what just happened i was like they, there's no way they faked the kick i'm like what are we, what is happening yeah mike Norvell decided to go for two there to start off that you don't want to give away everything before next weekend but i guess they're kind of testing some things out i don't know but wasn't successful, so you start off the game six, uh, six to zero there against Duquesne. But um, yeah, that was definitely definitely a little interesting there.
1: Just given given something LSU to to think about. I think that's all it was. I don't expect to see them run that against LSU, but just something that just something extra that the Tigers had to re- prepare for. I will say Wyatt Rector, former college quarterback, you got to put that throw out there a little bit earlier. You would have got that too. <laughs>
0: yeah i thought tight ends and and blocking though looked nice you had cam mcdonald who was limited for this game uh didn't start but came in and i think got 15 or so plays so i'm expecting him uh to be a full go for lsu which will be nice so you add him in there with wide rector and oppressive daniel too uh mark easton douglas also not a big lot of tight end Plays at least definitely in the passing game. They're not not no huge. Time in Cam McDonald, yeah, Cam McDonald's dropped there. Rusty. That's right. Get it out of the way. But keep an eye maybe on this tight end room going into next Sunday. Uh, not a lot of game plan there. And overall, let's just be honest, overall offensively, pretty basic. You know, pretty slim and thin on what Florida State wanted to do. Not a whole ton of explosive plays. Things opened up for Johnny Wilson, Kentron Portier, but Everything pretty limited there to staying strict on the run game and not giving away too much of the game game plan and the games or the play calls before next Sunday, as being a smart coach would do. Yeah, I I mean, I thought there was
1: enough big plays. And then at the same time, you know, Florida State created drives. And I think maybe that was something more – that was more impressive than just creating big plays because they had to piece together these – six, seven, eight, nine, ten play drives rather than just one catch and touchdown. So, Florida State, they got a lot of work. The offensive line got a ton of reps last night. The the running backs got into a rhythm. And, you know, LSU, they did not get the benefit of a tune-up game like this. Florida State, they're going to have some confidence. They're going to know what they want to do on the field whenever they get to New Orleans next week, and they prove that they can do it last night against Duquesne. Step up in competition, obviously.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's definitely going to be a step up in competition. Uh, Jared Verse, talking after the game, answered one of the reporter's questions about, you know, has he looked at film yet? Has he seen anything? And, you know, he said, you know, this is a whole new coaching staff. I haven't really looked too much into it. He does know that they will have a – most likely a true freshman starting there at that left tackle position. Uh, You know, and he said he's going to specifically go into watching film after – last night's game and start preparing for LSU. This team's got to play discipline here. You see that they had five penalties. One of them being really silly there. Uh, I think the AT one doesn't happen if this is LSU versus FSU. That was just kind of here you go. Duquesne here gave you a first down, make it a little bit somewhat interesting for anybody watching, but still Florida state staying strict there on on the penalties game, continuing to try to get better there. And they're going to have to do that heading into next Sunday, which is going to be filled with a lot better talent, a lot bigger guys in the trenches, a lot bigger guys in the trenches. And this DB room is going to have a lot of work to do, um, both on watching film and keeping an eye out on some of the talent there. And it all is going to depend on if that quarterback, whoever they end up putting out there is, can get it to the wide receiver. But man, I mean, Florida state has got to, look a little bit better, a little bit more crisper than maybe they did on Saturday night. And you had greedy Vance out there. You had Kevin Knowles. You had Jerrion Jones. You also, you know, we didn't talk about it, but Omarion Cooper was not available for this game. He was Mm -hmm. on the sideline. He did not have, you know, no brace, no boot or anything. You're hoping that's a good sign to where they were just resting Omarion to be a full go for next Saturday. So, that, that helps out in that secondary, but I think going in just from what I'm feeling right now, I kind of got my answers in the linebacker room. I know I've already known what I got in the trenches and on the edge. I want to know now who, who, who you have your, who you're setting your lineup against and who you're putting your ones on ones against LSU at that corner corner position specifically. And I already know what I have at safety. So I'm specifically looking at these cornerbacks right now, going into and going into this week of practice, Dustin, when we get out there on Tuesday morning.
1: I, I completely agree. And that's a position that, you know, we've been kind of watching throughout the entire fall camp to see who was going to step up behind Kevin Knowles, Amarion Cooper, and Bernardo Green. And Jerry Jones ha- has had his moments. Travis J had some moments. He, he was another guy that wasn't available on Saturday. You know, the two tri- the two true freshmen were just getting introduced into the lineup last night for the first time greedy Vance same thing as well first game at Florida State so I'm hoping with more playing time together they'll continue to develop more chemistry and cohesiveness and hopefully they'll look a little bit more confident against LSU on Sunday night
0: uh, I'm going just through I know there's a lot of questions in here I was starting to build up some viewers now uh, we talked about Amari Gaynor earlier we said he was on crutches which is never a great sign also had on a boot. So uh, we'll, we'll continue. We'll hopefully have an update on him whenever we go to the press conference tomorrow morning. If not, we'll, we'll get something throughout the week. Um, Nick saying the safeties look great, and like I said, I do like that three safety package. Man, we were seeing uh, you know a little bit of that throughout camp and how they're utilizing those safeties with uh, Shaheen Brown. With Shaheen Brown, just looks the part, man. Uh, he was out there for a lot of playing time on Saturday. And then also, you know, you, you know what you've got with Jamie. And then Akeem Den is just waiting to, to grab an interception. Uh, he, uh, you, you know what you're getting out of that room, what you like a lot. And even Jarquez McLellian, too. You know, if you need a depth piece, a guy to go in there to come in for a couple plays or a series, that's a smart guy to go in there. He knows the playbook really well. And, and he puts himself in the right positions, too. So that, that's a really nice safety room from what we saw. Um, John's saying if Rodemaker gets hit, He's out of the year and he cannot throw anything. Yeah, Rod, you know, I don't I don't know what it is from Rodermaker because we see the growth signs and practices, but it is what it is. When you go out there on the field, the game field, it just feels like there the, the chemistry that he has in those practices just goes to waste and nothing nothing happens and it doesn't turn into any kind of productiveness on the field, Dustin. And that's where, like we'll see throughout this season, I think you're gonna see uh it's now You know, two and two. Anybody can fight for that backup battle or backup quarterback um, position. AJ Duffy, Tate Rodemaker. You know, it's all up for grabs in my opinion right now. Just you don't. You're just not seeing growth. And and it's it's Duquesne. It's Duquesne. It's just. I'm I'm probably like every. I'm like. I'm probably like every other FSC fan. It's just, come on, man. Come on.
1: And that's why I bought no stock into what we saw the entire preseason because I was like, I've seen it before. Tate Rodemaker, terrific practice player. But then when the lights come on, for some reason, something doesn't translate there. And it just feels like he kind of almost shuts down. And now for his career, I mean, you're looking at 33 career pass attempts and he's thrown four interceptions. So 12% of the time that Rodemaker puts it in the air, it's getting picked off. That's It's not good. And, I mean, he's going into his third year in the system under Coach Norvell. I know you've got a new quarterbacks coach and Tony Tokars this time around. But, I mean, this really feels like this is it for Tate Rodemaker. If the light doesn't turn on here in the next couple of weeks and he gets passed up by A.J. Duffy, um, that might be it for Tate Rodemaker at Florida State. Or he's just going to be a backup the whole time.
0: Yeah, I – Oh, we were walking down. Had to go down the elevator and get down there on the field. Who did AJ Duffy connect with, D-Lew? Um, Do Um, remember it was Williamson. William. Oh, Darian. Okay, yeah, Darian was limited. Also, could not play in the first half off a of stupidest, stupidest rule ever. That you know he had that targeting penalty at the end or the second half of the UF game, so that puts him out for the first half against Duquesne. Either way, though, connects there with AJ Duffy. Goes for one for one for ten yards. Um, RD is asking curious on what the starting offensive line will be this weekend, uh, upcoming game against LSU. Nothing much. I don't think is going to change from what you see. We'll see how Marie Smith, though. I did see him on the sideline. Uh, I forgot if he had a brace on, I, would, I do think he did, uh, have a brace on his leg, but we'll see, uh, the availability there from Maurice Smith. But if not, you're throwing Darius Washington there at center. If we start from lefts or we want to start from? You got Bless Harris that's attack. Correct. Yeah. So if you got Robert Scott left, and then if you're bringing over, you got Dylan Gibbons to your left guard, center position, Darius Washington, right guard, Demetri Emanuel, who I've been really pleased with so far, newcomer coming in and playing very smoothly for Coach Atkins in that offensive line, right guard, and then your right tackle, a guy that's just – Bless Harris and Demetri Emanuel have just stayed upright throughout this whole – fall camp uh you know that, that's your starting offensive line heading into saturday the only changes there would be either if marie smith is healthy then things switch up a little bit but mm-hmm. um we'll see i gotta
1: mention jazz and time there because it seems like he's going to be your swing player at guard and tackle um got some time on both sides of the line last night and looked pretty good so i mean to get him it was in in june middle middle to late june Get a guy in so late who's played a lot of football from junior college, South Carolina, now at Florida State. Got to be excited uh, with where Turnitin's at.
0: Yeah, I did like him early, and I'm really looking forward to watching some film today and seeing how he got in there. I only got to see a few clips, but it's a good size. It has, has the experience, which you haven't been able to throw out there. If a guy's been injured, you haven't been able to do that. Estes, too, I think had a holding call in the game yesterday might be wrong on that but I think yeah I think it was Estes Estes, had one, and I believe Dotry
1: yeah. Richardson had one
0: yeah but there was a few plays looking at Estes where I'm like yeah that's the strength he's one of your strongest guys on the team but I mean he's tossing tossing kids 20 yards down the field he also had Dylan Gibbons watching the wide receivers block too we'll talk a little bit more about this with next or next week but Watch the wide receivers go for their blocks, the tight ends, everybody blocking downfield, Dylan Gibbons going 15 yards down the field, to block uh, really, really impressive. I think it was one of the plays where Micah Pittman got dumped off the ball from Jordan Travis. And, you know, you kind of let Micah Pittman do his thing. You know, that's something that we saw at Oregon. We saw it through spring and camp. He's a really good vision running style player. Give him the ball and let him do his thing and he'll dice up. And he's not only will dice you, he's a powerful, powerful guy. He's a bullied runner.
1: Logan, what does it tell you about what the coaching staff thinks about the centers when you have Darius Washington go down in that game and you replace him with Dylan Gibbons rather than a Thomas Schrader or a Bryson Estes?
0: I think maybe, ex- maybe experience there and maybe center being such a more um... – i mean you're you're the leader of that group communication Mm -hmm. is key maybe that's what it is experience wise because we got to see a lot of those guys go through a rotation through camp i just go experience and it goes to show too. dylan gibbons man that dude could play anywhere (laughs) that dude could play anywhere it's not easy to move but he could play anywhere and he's a good leader to have on the team but that's probably what it shows me i understand yeah you have schrader uh you know not be and the rotation there and I don't know, I, and I think too you're also preparing for the worst. What what could happen? You know, LSU things start changing around a lot. Go ahead and get Dylan Gibbons in there at center, get him some reps just in case that happens next Sunday in New Orleans. I'm thinking that, that's how Coach Norvell is as a coach. And look at Coach Agin, two very very smart, ahead of thinkers. And you know, there's always a plan C, D, E, and F, I believe, with Coach Norvell. Um, so that's kind of what I would take out of it.
1: Go. Okay. Yeah, definitely. uh, The concern is continuing to grow at center, depending on Darius Washington's availability.
0: Mm -hmm. It will be. Uh, We're going to wrap this up in just a second. We talked about Johnny Wilson earlier here, Hayes, but uh, I have optimistic uh, reasoning that he'll be available for Florida State against LSU this next weekend, the same way with Darius Washington. We'll hopefully get an update from Coach Norvell on that tomorrow tomorrow morning. So uh, make sure you guys are following our socials. If you haven't, also follow Dustin over here. he should have his at on the screen if I take this banner off. But, yeah, I highly suggest following Dustin over there. And then also I'm over there. We'll be giving live updates all throughout the weekend. You guys prepared for Florida State versus LSU. Any last thoughts on a season opener win, man? We haven't. You and I haven't been able to say this. Really, since you joined Noel Game Day,
1: <laughs> no, since yeah, you're
0: late, I, since you're yeah, practically promoted to
1: yeah yeah, I joined Noel Game Day. We we got the we uh, the very first year FSU beat Ole Miss, so you know things were good. And ever since then, yeah, we haven't started with a season opening win until last night. So something new,
0: <laughs> something new, which I hope that. Once that, since that's been broken, now we're <clears throat> heading into the greener side of things, but yeah, Florida state takes down Duquesne 47 to seven next week. will be live on Wednesday night at 8 PM. And we're hoping to have a, an outlet from the SI side, uh, that covers LSU to come on here and help us preview that game and give us a little bit more closer insight. Cause he, this guy has okay. been in practice. He's been through camp. Oh, going to be there through practice next week, so we're going to have some good insight from what's going on over there in Baton Rouge and Brian Kelly as Magnavel tries to take him down. Got close last year against Notre Dame, but just couldn't pull it off. We'll see uh, if things change here. We will be also in New Orleans giving you guys full coverage, so the train doesn't stop. We are we're full go, all gas, pedal to the metal. Is that what they say?
1: I don't know. Tweet me if you want to go to the casino.
0: you're ready to go gamble (laughs) yep but yeah thanks guys so much for watching this was our reaction to florida state season opener win first time since 2016 47 and two duquesne we will talk to guys next week on wednesday night at 8 p.m if you're on youtube right now before you jump off hit that like button if you liked hanging out with us we'll be doing those doing these every week after games give you guys our reaction see you guys have a good weekend i'm still adjusting also i've not had a lot of i've not had a ton of sleep this week so i'm just glad the season opener's done now i can actually relax a little bit so all right guys enjoy the rest of y'all's sunday see you guys on wednesday bye